good morning, church. Um, how's everyone's Christmas? Good? Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, Merry. There we go. Merry Christmas. Well, our, our, our Christmas in our household, it was, it was very nice. It was very simple. And usually in Chris, during Christmas time, for us, at least in our house, it's always busy. We're always doing stuff. We're always out and about, working with kettles, doing angel tree, doing things at the church. Uh, and that's, that's just how it is that's in, in our household. But Christmas Day, it was really nice. We got to stay home all day, watch TV, open presents, eat food. It was, it was great. So I hope you all had a great Christmas. And so my, my name is Micaiah, like my dad said. Uh, these are my parents, the majors, majors Phil and Debbie Lum. And the Croc Center, uh, this, this is my home. This is where I grew up. I remember, I remember when the Croc Center was, was just a mound of dirt, which was, I don't even know how long ago that was, but it was just a mound of dirt, and I've seen it grow from to that mound of dirt to what it is now, and it's just, it's just been amazing. And so, like my parents said, after I, after I graduated, um, I moved out. I moved, to, I moved to Rockland, California, and Rockland, California is about 20 miles uh, north of Sacramento, and there, that's where I go to school. I go to William Jessup University. Uh, there, I study youth ministry with a minor in Bible theology, Bible and theology, and William Jessup University, it's a, it's a small private Christian university. And getting to, getting to experience living on my own and moving away, being away from home, it's been this really cool experience. I've gotten to, I've gotten to grow so much just as, just as a person, just as a human being, getting to experience new things, go through life. And I've gotten to grow so much just as a believer and just as a person of, of faith and just grow in my faith. You know, in, in moving and experiencing new things, I've, I've gotten to meet some just amazing people, amazing, amazing friends, amazing, amazing Christ followers. See up here, I have, I have a picture of my best friends. These, this picture on the left, these are pictures of my best friends there. Uh, this was taken uh, beginning of this semester. And you see, we, we've grown, we've grown like, so much. I, I met them two and a half years ago and we've, we've gotten to get to know each other. We've gotten to meet each other's families and we've just gotten to, to grow in healthy relationships. We've all challenged each other. We've all poured into each other's lives. And it's just been such a blessing ha- on having them. And moving away, I've also gotten to experience just new, new opportunities. Um, I've been just j- jumped into responsibilities and, and things that I've had. And I, up there, I have two jobs. And as a college student, it's important to have a job because college students are always poor. And so up there, I, I have two jobs. My, my first job, or one, that I, one, one job that I go to, um, it's, it's, it's actually at the school. And I, I work with the campus ministry team. And basically what we do is we go out and we encourage people. Um, I am a leader of the, the encouragement team. That's what we're called. And we go out and we, our goal is to just make people smile. We go out, we give cookies, we make goodie bags, and we go around campus just giving this out to people, to students, to faculty, and we go out and we pray for them and just let them know that they're loved. And it's, just, it's, it's, it's so amazing just being able to do that and that being a ministry. And uh, my second job, I, I work at a church. I work at Center Point Community Church on Wednesdays and Sundays. And I work in the high school, um, the, high school pro- the high school program. And so this picture right here on, on the right, this is a picture of, of our high school group. We brought about 60 kids to, to Hume, Hume, some, Hume Lake Summer Camp. And so high schoolers, are, high schoolers are rough. They're a handful, but I love them. They're awesome. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I've been the past two years. And when, when I think about this, it's just, God has just blessed me so much in the past, in the past two years and just in the past year. And when I think about that, I just think about this new year that's coming up. The year 2019. That's, that's two days away. 2019 is two days away. That's crazy. And in 2019, or when New Year's usually come up, we usually, we usually think of things to prepare for the new year. We think of New Year's resolutions and we think of goals to set. 
But I think before that, I think it's important to pause and reflect on the past year, to reflect on the year 2018. So I'm going to ask, how many of you guys have a Snapchat? It's like nobody. How many of you, no one has a Snapchat? Really? How many of you guys know what Snapchat is? Okay, that's a little better. Okay, I'm not, I'm not talking to high schoolers anymore. All right. So basically, Snapchat, Snapchat is this app. It's, it's social media. And you can go on and you can take pictures and videos. And what you do is you send them to your friends. You send them to, to people you have on your phone. And what you can also do is you can also save them. You can save them. And it goes to this place called your memories. And so when you take all these pictures, it, it, it moves them to this place called your memories. And at the end of the year, what Snapchat does is it takes all of your, all of your pictures and your videos that you've saved from the year and it puts them in one place. And you can just look at all of them. You can scroll through and you can see them. And so when I, when I do that, when I look through them, I can't help but just think of all the good memories and all the good experiences that, I, that I've gone through over the past years and, and just even through this past year, this past year, 2018. But also when I do that, when I, when I look through them, I can't help but think of all the bad memories that came with them. See, like I talked about earlier, I have, I have, a, bunch, I have a bunch of great, amazing friends, friends I'm going to have for the rest of my life. You know, I'm a part of a ministry and I get to pour into kids' lives, or into kids' lives. But you see, friendships, sometimes friendships don't always work out. Sometimes friends drift apart. Life happens, circumstances change, and friends go different ways. And, and in ministry, and in ministry, ministry can be great in the highs of ministry. Kids can be coming, people can be growing, and it can just be fun and exciting. But sometimes you, you take two months, three months to plan this, this event, and when it comes down to it, only a couple kids show up. That ministry is full of highs and full of lows. And that right now in, in ministry, or in both of my jobs, in October, both of my bosses decided that it was their time to move on. And so they both moved on and left a bunch of responsibilities for myself and for some others to, to pick up. And you know, it, it was hard, and it still is hard, not knowing what to do or not knowing what to expect. But that's just life. Life is, life is hard. See, it was, it was about a couple months ago, um, I sat next to this kid in class, in, in my leadership class. His name was Kevin. I called him Kev. And Kevin, he, he was the type of guy that was always fun. He always wanted to have fun, and he always wanted to make people laugh, and that was his goal. He just wanted to make smi- people smile. And he knew everybody. And I remember one time we were, in, during class, I, I sat next to him, and we were having this conversation, and he made me laugh so hard that we were, that we, that we were, like try- we were trying to hide our laughter from, from the teacher. And, and we like almost started crying, and it was funny. Then that happened, and the very next day, I found out that a 22-year-old young man named Kevin had unexpectedly died. And it was hard. It was hard for the campus because he ma- the impact that he made every day was so big that he was able to make people smile and just be known and be loved. And it only didn't hit our campus hard, but it, it hit our community hard. See, Kevin, he always talked about his older brother, he always talked about his older brother and how he looked up to him and how he was so important in his life. And you see his older brother, his older brother, his older brother plays for the Sacramento Kings. And when the news got out, this pain just went throughout our whole community and it was just really hard. And usually in, in times like this, people tend to ask this question, why? They ask why. They say, God, why? Why, why, did, you, why, why did you take this person from me? Or just in, just in any hardships, we tend to ask and ask why. God, why did I lose my job? God, why did, I, why did I lose this relationship? Why is this happening to me? And so if there's one thing that I want you to remember this morning, it's this. This is the one takeaway. 
And it's that we hide behind our understanding. When we need to find the comfort in the understanding of God. All right, let's pray this morning. Father God, I thank you so much for a new day. A new day to where we can come and we can live. We can live this life that you've given us, God. I pray for this new year that as we enter this new year that we can look forward and enjoy it and look forward to just something new. But we can also reflect and look back on, on the things that, we've, that, that have happened this past year. God, I pray that as I speak this morning that, that whatever I say, that whatever, come, that whatever comes out of my mouth, that, that it's from you. And if I say something that's, that's good, and that's, that, that, that's of you, and that speaks your truth, God, I pray that everyone knows that that's, that that's you talking, God. And if I say something that's distracting, that takes away from what you want people to hear this morning, I pray that everyone knows that that's from me. So God, I just thank you so much for just this opportunity to come into fellowship, to be present in front of you. In your name we pray, amen. So we hide behind our understanding when we need to find the comfort in the understanding of God. See, what that means is that we like to hide behind our understanding. We like to build up these walls, brick by brick, of what we understand. We like to build our little house around us and what we know is comfortable and what we know. When we need to break down these walls and we need to find the comfort and the understanding and the wisdom of God. And to do that, we're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at the book of Job. And when I was a kid, and, and I'd always talk about and think about and even read the book of Job, I always thought it was this, this book about, or this story about a person who struggled, who had a hard time in life, and then was just later on blessed. And I thought, and I thought that was it. I thought it was this fairy tale story with a happy ending, the nice happy ending. But when you look at it, it's way much more than that. You see, I thought that Job was blaming God for everything that happened to him. I thought that Job was, was framing God. I thought Job was accusing God for letting all this happen to him. But when, but when you look at it, when you study it more, that it, it, it's not about that. See, up here, I have a, I have a picture frame. And when I think of a picture frame, and you, you put a picture frame up and you put a picture inside of it, and when you, when you do that, you're, you're framing that picture and you're looking at it and you're focusing on what's inside that picture. You're focusing on the detail. You're focusing on what's going on, the character, the story behind it. See, the book of Job, that's what the book of Job does. We're framing God. We're putting this picture frame up and we're putting God inside and we're looking at him. We're focusing on him. We're looking at who he is, what his character is, what he's about. We're looking at all the little details. And see, the book of Job, it's, it, it's, it's the third book in, in, in the wisdom literature. And when you look at the wisdom literature, it's made up of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And in Proverbs, it talks about this idea of that if you do good, if you do good, if, if, you're, if you're wise and you fill your hearts with wisdom, then life's going to be good and successful. And if you don't do that, and if you're, you're bad, that you're going to receive bad. And in the book, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, that, it says that, you know what, like everything that, said, that, that, that was said before, that if good equals good and bad equals bad, that you know what, it doesn't work like that. Life's not perfect like that. That in life, life is unpredictable. There's chance. And in the book of Job, it takes Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and it takes these ideas and it puts it into reality. It puts it into this story. And so we're going, to be, we're going to be walking through the book of Job this morning. So Job, who was Job? Job was blameless, upright, and he feared God. Job had a family. Job had sons and daughters. And Job had land. He had animals. And it even says that Job was the greatest man among all the people in the East. 
So that was, that was a brief introduction on who Job was, and that's straight from the Bible. And then, and then we're transported to this scene where we see God on his throne, and there's this guy that comes up to God, and his name is Satan. And he comes up, and Satan, in other words, his name means the one opposed or the accuser. And so Satan comes up, and he proposes this. He proposes this, this, this idea, and he says that Job is faithful, and Job is only faithful because, God, you're the one who blesses him. That Job is only this faithful and he's acting good because God gives him everything. And so what, Job's, or what, what Satan says, he says this. He says, you have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. So God then gives him permission to do so. So Satan goes and he takes everything away from Job. He takes his family he takes his land, he takes all of his animals, and he even takes Job's health. And in this time, Job is going through this struggle, but he still manages to worship and praise God. And in this time, Job's three friends, they come and visit him. And so from chapters 3 to 37, 34 chapters, which is the majority of the book, there are these long conversations between Job and between the three of his friends, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to figure out, they're trying, they're trying to figure out, and they're trying to understand who God is and wh- why all this is happening to him. And so they go back and forth. Job opens up with a statement, and then a friend replies, and then Job replies to that, and then another friend says, says something about that, and they just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you have to understand that through this time that Job is, Job is on this roller coaster. Job is emotionally wrecked. He's at one part, he's, he's believing in God. He's saying, God, I trust you with everything that I have. I trust you with what you're saying, and I know I'm going to be all right. And then at other times, he feels that, you know what? God, what's going on? I'm doubting you. Like, I don't, I don't understand this. And see, Job's friends, or Job is saying that, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm innocent, and he's telling his friends that I'm innocent. And then Job's friends, on the other hand, they're saying that, you know what, you're not. There's something that you've done. You've messed up somehow. You've sinned somehow. And like, we learned, like, like I said in Proverbs earlier, that if you do good, you're going you're gonna to receive good. And if you do something that's bad, you're going to receive something that's bad. And that's, that's this understanding they've been, they've been taught. And so Job is just having these conversations going back and forth. And he then, he, he then just gets tired of it. He's like, you know what, I'm done. I'm, do- I'm, done. I'm, done. I'm done listening to you guys because I don't believe what you're saying is, is true. I'm, I'm just going to go to God. I'm just going to go to God himself. And so this is what he says. He says in verse 30, in chapter 31, he says, Oh, that I had someone to hear me. I, sound, I sign now my defense. Let the Almighty answer me. Let my accuser put his indictment in writing. And so that's what happens. God shows up. God comes to Job, and then he says this. He says, You know what, Job? I'm going I'm to ask you these questions. You know what? I want you, I want you to answer me. I want you to answer me. And this is what happened, and then God lays it on him. In, 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 in chapters, er, chapters 38 to 41, they're full of these questions, these questions that God asks, asks Job. And I, I encourage you to read this, because this stuff right here, this is, this is the good stuff. This is where we really get to see who God is. And in, the, in this section, this is, where, this is where God doesn't only tell Job who he is, but this is where God shows Job who he is. This is, what, this, is, this is what it says. It says, Where were you when, when I laid the earth's foundation? He asks, have, have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? 
Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with the flood of water? Do you give the horse its strength, to, its strength or clothe its neck with, with a flowing mane? Does a hawk take flight by your wisdom and spread its wings toward the south? You see, the detail and the in- intricacy in this passage, in this section, this shows and it, it displays that just how transcendent, how sovereign God is over Job's life and how transcendent and sovereign he is over our life and how sovereign he is over like the world that we live in. And then after that, it's Job's turn to answer these questions that God asked him. And Job is speechless. He doesn't know what to say. He's in, he's in awe. And then, and then he finally replies and says this. In verse 42, he says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things too wonderful for me to know. He says, surely I spoke of things too wonderful for me to know. You see, Job, Job was humbled. He spoke of things that were too wonderful. He spoke of things that were beyond his understanding that he had no idea. And then after that, the book kind of just ends. There's this conclusion where it says that Job was, was, was blessed. He received everything back. He, he had his family. He, he, he had all of his land. He had twice the animals that he had. And then Job lived a long life. And that's it. The book never really answers why, <clears throat> why God allows struggle in our life. It just ends. But the lesson that we can take away, the thing that, that, that Job learned that we can take away from this book and this story is that when struggle does hit, that we need to stop, we need to slow down, and we need to turn to God and we need to trust in his wisdom and not ours. And that trust that we have in his wisdom, that trust, it begins with humility. And humility is the lesson that, that Job learns. That's the lesson that he learns in this story. You see, humility is defined, it's defined by Google by having a low view of one's importance. Having a low view of yourself, of your own importance. And to me, when I think of that, and when I first read that, I thought, it, I thought it was still very selfish. I still thought it was all about, it was all about me. It was all about, you know, I'm just gonna lower my importance. But I think it was best said from, from this guy. I've been reading this book. It's, it's, it's called Humility. It's by C.J. Mahaney, and it's a book I've been reading for, for school. And the way he defines humility is, is like this. He says, humility is honestly assessing ourselves in the light of God's holiness and our sinfulness. And what this is saying is that Humility is all about separating ourselves from God. Understanding that God is way up here. That God is sovereign and we're down here. We're human. We mess up and we're sinful. And this is the lesson that Job Job learns and he understands in his story. He's he's learning about God's perspective. He's learning that his life is this small and the struggle that he goes through is this small. But in God's picture, God's perspective is way bigger. It's way bigger than, than the perspective that Job has. And he learns to have this humility. And to have this humility, he learns to, you must have humility first before you have this faith in God. Can you guys think of someone who was the the opposite of humble? Someone in your life who was maybe the opposite of humble? You see, in the story of Job, there was someone who was the opposite of humble. It was was this guy named Zophar. And Zophar was the third friend that, that spoke to Job. He was the one of the three friends. And Zophar was the kind of guy 
<clears throat> who, was, who was aggressive, who was loud, who was obnoxious, who was, who was a know-it-all. He was the guy who was a know-it-all, and what he believed was right, that he was, he was a guy who was hiding in his own understanding. See, and what Job, what Job figured out, what Job understood is that, that that's wrong, that God's understanding is way above, way above everybody else's. And Zophar would fight and fight and tell Job, no, this is what you should believe. And so in, in Job's response to Zophar, this is what he says. In Job 12, 24 to 25, he says, he deprives the leaders of the earth of their understanding. He's talking about God. And he makes them wander in trackless wastes. They grope in darkness with no light. He makes them stagger like drunkards. See, what Job is saying here is that God has the power to take away understanding. To take away our understanding of him. That if God wanted to, he could give us all the understanding of who he is, which is this much. But in reality, God only allows us to understand this much about him. And the reason why he takes that away from us is so that our wisdom is reliant on his wisdom. And that we have to rely on his guidance. And Job understands this and he learns this through humility in this story that he even describes himself. He says, they grope in darkness with no light. He's talking about himself. That they make them stagger like drunkards. That here Job is like a drunk man walking in darkness and that he needs a light. He needs to be guided by God. In church this morning, that's what, we're, we're the same way. We need to do that. We need to be guided by Christ and by God. See, it was about, it was about a year ago, um, about, about this time, about family time, Christmas and New Year's, we, 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 were, we were at a family gathering, and we were all there late, hanging out, just having a good time, and my little cousin, she's about five or six years old, she was there, and she was playing around, just having a great time, and her parents came down, and it was getting late, and it was past her bedtime, and so her parents came, and they, they took her, they said, it's time to go to bed, and being a, being a five and six-year-old, she, she fought it, she was like, no, I don't want to go to bed, she threw a tantrum, she got, she got angry, and she, she fought her parents, she said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to bed. I, I want to stay up with the cousins. And you know what? This reminded me, this reminded me that we do the same thing, that, that we fight and we fight and we fight. We fight the rules. We, we fight God. We want to we do what we want to do. We think that we know it all. We think we know what's best for us. In reality, we don't. See, we built these walls, I said earlier, brick by brick of our understanding and what we know. We like to be in our comfort zone, our little house that we build but in reality, we need, we need to break that. We need to break down these walls. And we need to have wisdom. And we need to have trust in God. See, because he's our, he's our father and we're his children. You see, my, my, my little cousin, she didn't know this, but we all had to get up early in the morning. And that Her parents knew that we had to get up early in the morning. And they knew that the next day we were going to drive around the island. That we were going to go to the shrimp trucks. That we were going to get shaved ice. And we were just going to go to the beach and have a great time the next day. And they knew that if she didn't get enough sleep the night before, they knew that she wasn't going to, she wasn't going to have a good, uh, enjoy the day. See, God knows what tomorrow is going to look like for us. He knows what next month is going to look like for us. He knows what next year is going to look like for us. And if we keep fighting him and, and fighting him, and we don't stop and just have comfort in his wisdom and his understanding, we're going to be tired. We're not going to be prepared what God has in store for us tomorrow, next month, or even next year. There's this song that's, that's, uh, that's, that's been on my heart. It's called, it's called Out of Hiding. 
And it's interesting, it's not, it's not this, this normal worship song, you know, this song that, you know, you normal worship songs we sing, we sing to God, we praise him and we thank him for everything that he's done and just, just talk about how great he is. See, in this song, this song is, is different. This song is sung from the perspective of God, our Father, and he's singing to us. It's like a letter that he's, that he, that, that he's singing. These are, these are his words that, that, that are being said to us. And so, so as this song plays and as the words are on the screen, I just want to encourage you to, to, to rest in them, to sit in them, and to, to, to feel and understand this message that God is trying to share with you this morning. If, if you want to come up, we have people that are up here that are willing to pray for you. And if after the service, if, if you want to talk to someone, if you want, someone, if you want to pray with someone, there'll, there'll be some people in the corner over there willing to pray for you. But in this song, it says, that it opens with, come out of hiding, you're safe here with me. There's no need to cover what I already see. See, we're, we're people and we like to hide, but God wants us to come out of that hiding. So just allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, work through this song, and just reflect. Let's pray. Father God, <clears throat> we come as we are. We come broken. when we come broken, we become open and we become authentic and we become real. We become who we really are, God. We're human that we mess up and we make mistakes, but God, you sent your son to come down and die on a cross for the mistakes that we've made. God, I, I thank you so much just for who you are and everything that you're doing in our lives. That life may suck, but you are a God who is faithful and you're a God who works through these struggles and you work through these, these things and these hardships that we go through. God, I pray that you give us the strength to, to, to withstand them, to withstand these storms and to get through them and to, to hold on this wisdom that's yours, to not hold on to ours, but to hold on to yours, God. Father God, I pray that this new year, that it's full of life, it's full of, full of joy and full of love. So God, I pray I just pray this morning that you continue to bless, continue to bless us, to bless your people, God. God, we love you and we thank you for everything that you do and everything that you are. In your name we pray, amen. All right, God bless.